Hello and welcome back to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here where we ponder life from a biblical perspective. Moments with Moni can be heard on the following podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, and Overcast. You can also find Moments with Moni on Facebook or Wix blogs at momentswithmoni.wixsite.com. And don't forget to subscribe while you're there. Please share or comment on any of these sites or email me at momentswithmoni, the number one, at gmail.com. And now, on to today's episode. Hello, I'm so excited to be sharing with you a new podcast series here at Moments with Moni. We will be going over some information on how to study our Bible first, and then an introduction to the book of Song of Solomon. I'd like to say that um, you probably haven't heard Song of Solomon taught in Sunday school, at least when you were a little kid, maybe as you got older. Most people haven't been taught this book, but there's a renewed interest in it in the last 15, 20 years of teaching it verse by verse. Have any of you been taught this book? Have any of you studied through it on your own? Are you open to learning from the Holy Spirit and the Word of God? Sometimes we can come with a preconceived notion of what the Bible says. And I know going through this again and again, I am always learning more and more about what God is trying to tell me. There is a beauty to His Word. Uh, As we dig deeper and deeper, there are more beautiful treasures for us to mine from His Word. I'd also like you to have at your disposal a a Bible, a journal of your own, any kind, a simple one, notebook will do fine, Uh, a concordance. It's not used much anymore because they've got a really nice online concordance in many of the Bible sites. I use eSword and really appreciate that one. It's a, a Bible study app that you can download onto your computer that should be free. Don't pay for it. He wants to, you can donate, but he always uh, asks that it is, uh, let everybody know that it is free. And a dictionary or a lexicon, that really helps as we're going through any book of the Bible. So, the Song of Solomon, the title, actually there's several titles to it. Uh, It's called by different names, Song of Solomon, the Canticles, which is Latin for song, the Book of Communion, or the Song of Songs. All of them are used for one reason or another. The Song of Songs is uh, kind of an example of Hebrew writing. There are no adjectives in Hebrew. So instead of saying the most awesome, beautiful, gorgeous, deep song, it's the ultimate song. And the way they say that is the Song of Songs, just like they would say the Lord of Lords or the King of Kings or Vanity of Vanities. It's the ultimate in that in that sense. The author of Song of Solomon, there's no reason to disagree. Um, many of the commentators agree that it was written by Solomon. In fact, in 1 Kings 4.32, Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel, it said that he wrote over a thousand songs. However, this is the only one that's recorded for us in Scripture. He was a, a man who wrote many, many songs. However, this is one that God felt was important to record, important enough for to record for us to read down through the centuries. 
There are different views on Song of Solomon. Some feel strongly about their view, and that's okay. If you, you know, if you have one view that you have studied about, and that's what God has shown you, I've done that myself over the years, and each time I learn something new. So I hope that we can at least take a look, an open look at what the scriptures say about the scriptures. As scripture interprets scripture, we learn more and more on our own. But there are some views that the commentators do agree on. Song of Solomon is a picture of Hebrew courtship or betrothal and marriage, but it's not written in chronological order. That's important to remember as we look at these views here. It's a collection of snapshots of their relationship of Solomon and the Shulamite, which actually come from the same root word. So it's like the male and female counterpart of the same word, which I think is really interesting. Some see it as a story between um, these different sections here. Some say it's an erotic love story of human love between a man and a wife. That's within marriage. So the story may, as some see, is between Israel and God, the Shulamite maiden and Solomon, Jesus and the church, or his bride, Jesus and the individual believer, which is also his bride. Types of biblical writings. That's important to note as we study the Bible too. There are different types of writing within the Bible itself. The first five books of the Bible are history. God has put uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy filled with the history of man. God has recorded all of that for us. And then there's also the letters or the epistles in the New Testament that Peter and Paul and others wrote that were letters to the churches. Then we have prophecy, such as Daniel and Daniel and Revelation, prophetic books that gives us an insight into the future, God's future for us. And then there's poetry, which the other three are, are types of prose, and poetry is a different kind of writing, So, but I'll touch again on that later. Bible Study Interpretation Guide. As we go through this book, uh, through this series, we'll be looking at it from the literal, historical, and grammatical interpretation. I don't read Hebrew. I don't read Aramaic. I don't read Greek. I love the King James. I'm not a King James only person, but I love the King James because of the beauty of the poetry. So I have chosen to use that version for this study. And not only that, when you use Esword or a concordance, the Hebrew word is, there's a number assigned to our English word that will correlate with the Hebrew word so that I can go back to the original language and see what it means. And that really helped me because I don't I don't like to just take commentaries as good and solid as many of them are. We're all human and we all make mistakes and we all see things differently. So I like to go back to the original language and see what God said and then go from there and look at anything else that man may have written. So literal, we look and see exactly what it says rather than trying to spiritualize it. We're not going to look for hidden spiritual meanings in this book. Uh, we'll look at the historical value of it rather than 
an American way of life, we need to remember that this was written to the Hebrews and their culture was completely different. And there are things that we do not recognize as commonplace today that took place then. So we'll have to dig into that. And grammatical interpretations. It's really important to take a look at the the tense of a word or a present past or future tense of a word, even just the smallest article. Context, really important to do that too. God says not one jot or tittle will pass away from his word. Nothing will be changed or lost according to him from his word. So read the book in context. We need to read Song of Solomon in context, not pull anything out. Um, Do not take any of the text out of context and make it a pretext. If we take one portion of scripture and make it the main part of scripture, then we may be changing the whole context or or the meaning of what it actually says. It's important to let scripture interpret scripture. So read all the other 65 books in the Bible and it will help you understand what Song of Solomon is saying. Or read all the other 65 books of the Bible and it will help you understand the book of Revelation. God knows what he's doing. So we may as well look to him for the interpretation of things. Song of Solomon is not an allegory. An allegory is a fictional story with spiritualized hidden meanings. And that's definitely not God's word. His word is not fictional. It is his story, his story about man and true. It's based on the truth. God is the truth. He is love and he is truth. So it's important to remember that. An example of an allegory would be Pilgrim's Progress or Gulliver's Travels or even Winnie the Pooh. According to a British pastor, I can't remember all the details of it, but uh, Tigger was supposed to be um, a Pentecostal preacher and Christopher Robin was supposed to be Jesus. And I've forgotten all the rest, but that's an allegory with a spiritualized hidden meaning. Song of Solomon is an affirmation. It's an affirmation of physical love within marriage. Yes, God does place restrictions on that, that relationship for our good and his glory. An affirmation declares the truth with confidence as opposed to denying it. But what Song of Solomon is, is an analogy. An analogy is a fact which is like another fact. So let's look at scripture to interpret this. Matthew 22, 2 says, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who made a marriage for his son. And it goes on to explain the parable of the wedding feast. Or Psalm 133 says, when the brethren dwell together in unity, it is like precious ointment that ran down Aaron's beard. Or James 1, 23 says, if a man be a hearer and not a doer, the word, according to the word, he is like someone looking into a mirror who forgets what he looks like when he walks away. Song of Solomon is a love story between a husband and a wife, which is like the love between Jesus and his bride, between Jesus and the individual heart. (sighs) Now that has to be important to all of us who love him. And here ends part one of the introduction to our Bible study through Song of Solomon. Don't forget to tune in next week for part two. Thanks for listening.